0: Welcome to the CannaCuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in.
1: Welcome to the CannaCuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I am here with my teammate, co-host, and assistant director of K-Country, Jake Talbert.
0: Shay, good to be on here today. Super fun to jump back on the podcast with you. This is part two. This is part two buried in a six-part series, so really it's seven parts. Seven parts, originally six. This is maybe part something B, if you will. Yes, that's right. That's right. We're talking about relationships, and what we realized is
1: that when you look at the life of Jesus as a leader, there is a lot to learn in regard to relationships. So we're coming back for round two, and of course, sitting in the hot seat, we got Joe White.
2: You know, I love working with you two guys because I just sit over and chuckle because I really know the real Jake and the real Shay, who uh, who are the uh, probably the funniest human beings, uh, you know, at, in all of Cannecuck. And we all are together. It, it just kind of gets dangerous.
0: Life is about having fun for sure. My dad said, when you stop having fun, you stop living life.
1: Is that right? Yeah,
0: that's a Jimmy Talbert quote right there. Oh,
1: Jimmy T. <laughs> I appreciate him dropping that truth on us today. Yeah, good nugget. <laughs> it's a solid nugget. <laughs> so we're we're diving in really. Um, the last time we talked relationships and Jesus in regard to the spirit leader, really dived into what it looked like when when Jesus would call his men and he changed the world with discipleship. And today we're really looking at Jesus, the great team builder. So it's kind of a, a secondary kind of look at at how Jesus did relationships. And uh, with that, we're going to pass it off to Joe for him to share his heart with us.
2: Yeah, Shay, I'm just fascinated by Jesus. You know, we all worship Jesus on Sundays. We all have our Bibles, and I'm just fascinated by him. You know, it it was Napoleon, the great French general, who said, everything in Christ astonishes me. And that's the way I feel about it. And when you start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John through the lens of leadership, you see this man emerge that creates leadership practices that for every aspiring leader that we're talking to today, whether you're a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife or a or a 12th grader or a you know football team captain or whatever, wherever you are as a Christian, people are looking up to you. And and as you begin to read about Jesus as a leader and you begin to absorb the gospels from this new perspective. What happens, Jake and Shay, is you become clothed in the style of Christ as a leader. And so when you're out with your football team or your children or your business or your ministry, whatever team you're leading uh, as a player or coach or parent, you, it's not you, it's Christ in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so... Of all things that Jesus was, he, you know, he was great at everything, but, but but he was great as a team builder. And the moment when he reveals the kind of leader he's going to be is when he walks in that boat with Peter. I can just picture the scene. And bewildered as he is, Peter has no idea he's going to go out and help change the world. He has no idea that he's going to write some of the greatest writings in Scripture. He has no idea that he's going to end up, you know, dying as a martyr for this man that he's going to love more than anything else in the world. And Jesus says, Peter, can you picture him looking at you from that fishing boat? Can you picture Peter's eyes in bewilderment as Jesus says, Peter, you follow me and we're gonna become fishers of men. In so many words, he's saying, Peter, let's go change the world together. (laughs) Wow, what a moment y'all in the history of mankind. And so as a leader of whatever you're leading, when you lead like that, and you give the men and women that you're hiring, the children who look up to you, the team that looks up to you, and when you train your team, when you inspire your team, when you model Christ for your team, they see you not just using them, head coach, not just using them, corporate CEO, but pouring into them. People want to work for you. People want to serve you. People want to give it all for you. You know, the model of Cannon Cook, we have and 30 full-time people. Everybody loves each other up here. It's the strangest place. I mean, everybody, I don't care. We're with mechanics. We're with uh, IT folks. We're with accountants. We adore each other because we're always pouring into each other, and we all know we're on a mission to train next generation leaders by the tens of thousands who can go out and train leaders who will train leaders who will train leaders who will change the world for Christ. Let me tell you a story, Jake and Shay. Patty Moore, sweetest lady from Oklahoma that you ever met in your life, comes to camp. She's the CEO of Sonic Industries. Not a bad gig, right? It's kind of a big deal. She's yeah, maybe, responsible for all the slushies <laughs> in all the world. Oh my gosh. A lot of cherry limeades, right boys? Ooh. And so what are there? 7, 8, 10, 12,000 Sonic stores? I'm giving a little message about family. And the Lord speaks to to Patty. He says, Patty, go home and resign and go be a mom to your 14-year-old daughter. She goes home. She resigns from Sonic. So she can be a mom and take on the most important leadership role of her life, raising that precious daughter of hers. I said, Patty... When you retired, when you announced your retirement to your managers of Sonic Industries, what happened? She said they cried. Is that a testimony, you all, of one of the most visible corporate leaders in America? They cried. That's because Patty poured in to her team just like Jesus did. Wow. That is so good. Does that ever happen? (laughs) I mean, that is amazing.
0: I mean, it takes a half-price cheeseburger on Tuesday nights at Sonic, but that is <laughs> unbelievable. That is that is unbelievable. It truly is. It shows how much care she has at the highest possible level, with all of the distractions and all of the responsibilities that you carry at that level to still invest into your people. It it, it really leaves no excuse for the rest of us. So
2: and so and so Shay and and uh, Jake or two of our. All of our directors are our best directors, but you two are two of our best directors. They're all best. Well, thank you. they are the only two in the room. <laughs> but no, but I mean, I see you at K-Country and you just crush it over there. And I see you at K2 now this summer, and K1 the past few years, and you just crush it as a director. But But the reason you guys crush it, the reason you're so effective is because every day you're pouring your guts out to your team. And you give your team vision. You're like you getting those. You're getting those. You know at K two, Shay does it in the weight room, and I've seen him do it at K two in past years before he went and did it at K one. But but he takes these men on a journey with him to become better fathers, to become better husbands, and to become better corporate or ministry leaders in their lifetime. Shay builds into his man. Jake does it. Ward does it. All of our directors do it what they can become as they give their hearts to the kids in their cabins and on the football field, on the soccer field. They're not just working for Cannecuck, but they're becoming leaders like Jake is. They're becoming leaders like Shea is, like Ward is. It's the vision leaders that you cast with your team like Dabo does out at Clemson. He's one of those guys that I'm talking about. He's with this team, and they know that man, and they fight their hearts out for that man to win one more national championship. Jesus showed us how to lead with vision.
0: Joe, that's so good. You talked a little bit just about the team here, and I would concur. I would agree. This team here is amazing. We have well over 100 full-time staff, and within all the K ministries, it's unreal, really unbelievable, the buy-in from this place. Uh, Joe, talk to us about how you have seen Jesus' team-building model work here at camp.
2: Well, we just feel like the most blessed people in the world. You know, I call it K-land. You know, it's it's, a... I don't know. Everybody, everybody's crazy about each other around here, and everybody works really, really hard around K Land. But we're all still, you know, I'm 72, and I'm, I guess I'm the oldest guy around here. But we're all just crazy, crazy dedicated to our mission to to raise next generation Christian leaders. And and Jake, I think that's honestly the the um, I don't know if you call it the magic or the or the I don't know there's something in the water around here you know it's just there's something in the atmosphere but i i think it's that we all believe so strongly in the future of america and the world and it's only going to happen between now and whenever jesus comes back if we if we if we effectively use our 86,000 you know uh seconds a day pouring into these young men and young women we're blessed with, whether they're counselors or staff or a full-time staff, so that we can go out and change this world for Christ. I believe it's the mission, uh, Jake. And, and as a leader, I would just say to you, you know, if you can get your team committed, uh, again, like Dabo does out there at Clemson, committed to the mission Let's go change this world together. Let's go win the national championship in the process. Let's go teach teams all over America how to pray before games. Let's teach them how to pray after games. Let's teach them how to pick up the opponent off the ground after we hit him as hard as we can and make that tackle, boys. Let's you know. Let's make Clemson a place where people see Christ on the football field. If they'll bind your vision, Jake, you'll get it wherever you lead. Whatever place you lead, you'll get it. Coach, I'm reminded
1: of just the power of moments, and really, you know, Canuck has become masterful at this, and and I think it's it's really just a it's a work of the Holy Spirit. But you know, I think that that team is built and culture is built by stringing one intentional, sincere moment uh, together to the next, and you know these these little moments. Um, that have been life-changing, I, I look back on, you know, one, one of these legendary moments Matt Houston shares and Matt gets emotional when he talks about it. Um, but Matt Houston talks about when he was a CIT at K one and they just had a long work day at K one during staff training and everybody is sent back to their showers. They get all washed up and get ready to head out on town and walking out the gates, all the staff streaming out the gates. And as they walk past Tanny Como court, There's Doug Goodwin and Chris Cooper unloading one last truckload of sawdust covered head to toe in sawdust. And you know how it is when you're sweating. Sawdust just sticks to you and it finds every crack and crevice. And those guys are out there huffing and puffing the last ones to work. And he tells that, and and we all have those moments, but it's just this, this moment where you're like, wow, like those are our leaders. And now I've witnessed it. That's the way that Matt Houston leads. He's that kind of guy. He's always the last guy, picking up, cleaning up, and and as a result, you see young men flock to Matt Houston because they just want to be like him. They just want to be around him, and and then there you go. You're building a team where you're stringing together these intentional moments. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and Shay, when it's on your heart as a leader to be a team builder, what am I doing? Building a team, so if there's a mistake, head coach, that's my mistake. Boys, I'm sorry, I blew it. But if there's a victory, hey, our team won that victory. Uh, you know, it was our it was our linemen, it was our receivers, it was our coaches, our other our coaching staff. You know, if if there's a if there's a praise to be given, we give it publicly. Jake. Jobber does a great job directing helping direct K country but if there's a mistake it's private as you say Shay those little moments where they whether they see you whatever you're doing as a leader I'm here to build this team and to make this team successful Shay there's untold numbers of nows between now and then and if, you're, if you as a leader capture every now you can between now and then, whenever that then is, when you retire or when the leadership plan is over, those nows are going to be endless. And those men are going to say to you what Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ.
0: Joe, that's fantastic. You know, I think as you look at camp, one thing— That for me, as I've witnessed faith in action at camp and how it's inspired me to lead, I think coming in as a 19 year old uh, and being a counselor for the first time, I was given the responsibility over 12 young men in my cabin. I had a couple co-counselors, but really for the first time in my life, there were others whose needs really were before myself. And it was the first time in my life that I saw that. And what I found is that the more that I emptied myself out for those guys, that doesn't mean it was easy. It doesn't mean that I was perfect with no complaints or no grumbling. But the more that I realized, the more that I would give of myself to those young men, the more joy that I had. And I just think that as you are a humble and servant leader what we find is that that the Spirit works in our humility and the Spirit works as we are serving other people. And the result of that, the fruits of the Spirit then become evident in your life. We see the love, we see the joy that I've never experienced in my life like any other place besides here serving people. And so many people think that it's a joy to be served, but Jesus flips that on its head. And he says, it is a joy to serve others because you're
2: walking by the Spirit and that is the abundant life. So, Jesus had a choice. What am I going to do with my 86,000 seconds every day for the next three years? He being omnipotent, he being omnipresent, he being God decided, I'm going to invest every second in my men. The foxes have holes, the birds have nests, he said uh, in Matthew chapter 8, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. If you want to find me, I'll be with my men. And so, as you say, Jake, as a leader invests into his cabin, his team, his family, his fraternity, his sorority, his company, his business, his ministry, and he invests, the greatest return on the investment is serving. It's the greatest return on your investment. And that's why Jesus trademark serving in John chapter 13, verse 3, when it says The last night before his crucifixion, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands, that he had come forth from God, was going back to God, arose from supper and laying aside his garments, he took a towel and he girded himself about. And everybody knows what I'm about to say. (laughs) He began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which they were girded. Every great leader I know, everyone I look up to, all of my mentors, and I have many, they all are servants. They pick up trash. I was with the 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 number one home builder hunting not long ago down in Texas in the world. <laughs> David Weekly. David's a Christian man, a fine man. And he was walking around picking up trash at this little hunting ranch we were hunting at. And I go, David, you're the number one home builder in the world. And you're out there picking up trash. He goes, yep, that's what I do. And so, you know, what an image the leader leaves on the minds of his men like Doug and and Chris unshoveling the sawdust out of the truck at 5.15 in the afternoon That's what Jesus did, boys and girls. And when you don't know what to do as a leader, whenever you wonder, find some dirty feet and wash them, and you'll be long remembered and emulated just like Jesus was. Coach, I want to draw
1: one more point out of you. Uh, In our last podcast, we talked about—you kind of just touched on the groups of young men that you invest in. But you have—you know, building team requires investment, and you've got a strategy that's it's in it's built into your calendar. You've got your your vet directors and I think you call them the young guns that Jake's a part of. And and so and then you have individual meetings with those guys. And so and then we're doing ministry side by side. There's multiple touch points, there's multiple settings, and and there's strategy there. And and I just think that You know, as we're building team, we need to think strategically about the investment. How are we setting up the next generation to succeed? Talk to us a little bit about that as we close.
2: Yeah, Shay, I don't want to make you and Jake feel bad, but my favorite group of young men that I get to meet with is the local high school football team. Sorry, boys, but high school kids are still the greatest thing on earth because that's the next generation of leaders that, you know, one day our children are going to be looking up, our grandchildren are going to be looking up too. So uh, we've been meeting for four years. And we so we've got the quarterback, an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, linebacker, D-back, receiver. I think there's eight or so of these guys. And they're ready to change the world. I mean, these guys are ready to go out and change the world. But they want to do it by starting to pray before and after. We're talking public school boys and girls. We want to start praying before and after every practice. And then what they're thinking about doing is getting the opposing team and praying before every football game. Kids can do whatever they want. And the players, these linemen that I work with, dreamed up the whole strategy. The guy who thought it up was Remy. He weighs 307. He is a true interior lineman, boys and girls. Leadership. When it blooms and you get to be a part of it by pouring into a group of, you know, 70-year-olds or 12-year-olds, there's nothing like it. I'll tell you one final story on the corporate level. I have a dear friend in Texas, and I'll just keep his name confidential. But but this gentleman who worked at our camp and he learned the skills of leadership at our camp years ago, he goes to Dallas to work for a, a financial consulting company, and they fire him. And so he goes home to his wife, and she says to him, she says, honey, let's, let's do what we've always dreamed. Let's build our own company. And he says to his wife, you know what, baby? There, it really wouldn't be that hard to, to make a successful company. All we have to do is to treat people with the respect and do an excellent job. He said, honey, if we'll just treat people with respect and do an excellent job, we'll be an outstanding company. That was their trademark. That's what they did. Three years into the business, they're, they're, uh, they're in financial distress, financial turmoil. So he goes to his partner, he says, you know what, we need to start giving more. I mean, they're at the bank begging for money. And he said, we're just not giving enough. So he started giving more money away to you know less fortunate people year 12, he's out selling the deal and, and, you know, out there just, you know, producing as much product and producing as many, uh, you know, advisors and as many uh, partners in investment as he possibly can. And the company is stagnant. And he decides he's going to go home and spend the rest of his tenure building into his team. For the next eight years, He leaves sales up to the Lord and the growth of the company and he builds his team. He recreates with them. He teaches them. He trains them. He prays with them. He counsels them. And eight years later, they sell the company for somewhere in excess of a few hundred million dollars. I have no idea the number. It's none of my business. The point is when they changed their strategy to pour into their people then their company became wildly successful. Coaching, parenting, husbanding, wifing, wherever you lead, the team is the success and the success is the team. And you as the leader, you get to do what Jesus did and make your team your priority. That is the measure of success. What a beautiful note to end on. We want to thank you for sharing your time
1: with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to leadership. With that, we'd love to pray with you. Father, we just come to you and we pray that you would raise up team builders. We pray, God, just for each individual that's listening, Lord, they have... A seed of influence. And I pray, God, that you give them a strategic vision for how they can invest in the lives of others. We pray that you bless them in their leadership, that you give them joy and peace and vision. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit CannaCuckPodcast.com. And for more information about CannaCuck, you can visit
2: CannaCuck.com.